Hey, everybody, welcome to Social Beauty Makers, the podcast where every Wednesday we'll bring you fast paced, powerful 15 or so minute episodes meant to inform, educate, and inspire around a variety of topics, including trends and all things tech for the professional salon industry. And I'm going to talk a bit about that today. But before I get started, a reminder that on Sundays you can find me hosting BeautyCast Network's Mastering Beauty podcast, featuring brilliant guests sharing their best advice on building sustainable, successful, and most importantly, I would say satisfying careers. If you like the podcast, I hope that you will consider hitting the like button, the share button, subscribe, all those things work, or leave a review and help others to find the podcast. I'm Gordon Miller, your podcast host, and thanks for tuning in. So today, I want to talk a little bit about tech and the salon and kind of how we think about it. We talk so much about, you know, the importance of having clarity around the brand um, of your salon, of you as an individual, perhaps in a salon or in a suite, you know. Brand's a big topic these days, and we kind of know that everybody is a brand. And I think that technology is is something interesting to kind of wrap around a brand. I don't think in the business that we're in, it should be the centerpiece of a brand. Um, one that and I'm talking about at the salon level or the spa level where you are engaging with clients. But, you know, there was an old phrase kind of like, you know, um, high tech, high touch, you know. Um, that you can combine these two ideas and and really stand out. And I think that technology, you know, today, you know, should be a part of every area of our business. It just it just should be. There's that many tools that are out there, including the technical. You know, today there's salon scales as an example. That um, I, I had a great dinner recently um, with Will from Vish, and um, you know, got to really kind of understand what they're all about. And um, you know, was really fascinated by how technology you know, can save so much money for um, salons, you know, for professionals, um, and in many ways, even for clients, you know, which I think on, on the product side of things. So again, there's an application in almost every part of what we often refer to as the client journey, all the different touch points that happen from before they first come in contact with you professionally, you know, they're Googling you and, and trying to find a service um, to after they've had an appointment with you and they've left the salon and, you know, all the various touch points. And tech really can be a tool and also um, a way to create additional value for many clients. And again, clients have different perceptions about their needs. Some want a lot of tech, some want no tech, um, but more and more, we're all getting used to it. We have this habit today of, of thinking about social media as, as tech. And some people, you know, kind of get there and, and do whatever they're doing with it and, and, and kind of stop. And I don't even know if that counts in, in building what I would consider to be kind of a tech-savvy brand you know, as a salon. Um, I think, again, we all know that it is based in technology, but I don't think that necessarily that the client is that aware, typically, of what you're doing um, on your social pages. They often find you for the first time there. Um, but I still believe that most salons and most hairdressers just aren't utilizing these platforms well enough that the client is registering that, ooh, this is a, an individual, this is a business that is really, you know, kind of embraced um, this technology to the point where it becomes, you know, a part of your brand. I would recommend everybody kind of almost does like an audit, you know, of, of every part of the customer journey, but also every part of your business to see, are there opportunities to take what you are doing with technology and somehow take advantage of it from a marketing perspective, from a branding perspective? Or find new resources that can help you be more efficient, more effective, and then, yeah, ultimately also um, assist in elevating your brand. Whether it's your website, 
Um, again, kind of old school in a lot of ways, but they still matter to an awful lot of people and they matter to Google. Um, social pages, as I mentioned, booking platform, that's, that clearly is tech, I think, even to um, an individual you know, who's, who's trying to find you or, or who does find you. Um, how we use our phones, um, which are really powerful devices. Um, how we might use email or texting. Um, and lastly, you know, the equipment that we use in the salon which that's always fascinated me. I just saw a press release um, from Dyson and they've got a new dryer out um, and uh, for the pros. And I'm sure you've probably seen it. I think everybody's seen it by now. It's gotten some really big press. It looks really cool, really simplistic and cool, much lighter than the past, the, the past one. And I, I, I just know so many people who love their Dysons. Um, I don't do any work with Dyson, but I worked with them for many years um, when I was in the media side of, of the industry. Love those guys. They have a great team and they're just so obsessed with innovation. And I, and I will say, my Dyson vacuum for home, <laughs> it's like one of my favorite appliances ever. Um, but I do like, I do like the vacuum. I should add that as well. All right. So, um, yeah, the, but the Dyson release made me think about this, I think, in, in ways that, you know, I think are important to talk about every so often. So, point of difference. It's so powerful. It's so important. Um, that we consider how we are different than all the businesses we compete with. You know, what is it that makes us stand out? Of course, uh, everything I believe starts with your team. You know, the people who are actually doing the work. Or if you're a single entrepreneur or a a a, a business of one who's an entrepreneur, you know, again, how how do you stand out in such a big and busy um, and diverse industry? And I think again, there's some opportunities. We we tend to focus on. The craft on the work, which we should, you know, that ultimately is the product. But I think, you know, the salon that can say that it really kind of crafts um, bespoke looks, you know, customized looks for the individual who comes in, um, and that we are, you know, craftspeople, we are artists, um, and that we take our work with our clients really, really seriously. But we also love to take advantage of technology every chance that we get to support us in our work, to support us in taking care of our clients, to support us in, in booking and keeping records and, and being in touch with people. And I think to have those two very opposite sides of the same coin to, to show that a business that is high touch, a business that is artistic, you know, that, is, that has a, a craft element to it, a, a really a foundation, that you can connect the dots between that and technology and that together, those things elevate everything. They elevate the larger experience and the perception of the brand. I think that can be really, really powerful. In a moment in, in time that, again, standing out has perhaps never been more important. And so, I, uh, yeah, I, I think that is, is really interesting. Something to think about as, as a little bit of an example. So one of the big conversations in the industry today is about no-shows and cancellations and all the angst about it. And I get it. You know, um, your time is your money. And it's got to be frustrating. Um, I, I think every salon, every individual is a little bit different in terms of probably the rate of no-shows. I'd love to hear more information about that in, in the conversations online. What percentage of all your clients over the course of a year are not showing? You know, how, how big is the problem? I wish the industry had better data. I wish we knew as an example, like, what is the average no-show? Um, what is the average um, changing, you know, the average of all clients who change their appointment from one time to another. Now, this is important data because you don't know if you really have a problem, you know, if you don't have something you can benchmark it against. And so I think, you know, that is, is 
really important. But I also think we need to have more and, and deeper conversations like, how do we address, how do we mitigate the problem? To the point that we don't have to yell out loud about our clients um, as an industry. We don't have to have these conversations because we have done everything we can from our side, from the industry side, to mitigate the no-shows. And that goes beyond contracts and goes beyond you know, the, what so many are doing. You know, the, the average you know, um, hairdresser in America, in terms of the price point, um, you know, if you're in that kind of average number, I think it becomes harder to implement some of these practices. Um, if you go to a really, really expensive restaurant and they have a cancellation policy, I think you're much more willing to accept it. You kind of get automatically, it's like, oh my God, that, was, that table's worth a lot of money. It doesn't mean that the no-show isn't a problem across the board, no matter what you're charging. But I'm going to consumer behavior. The consumer is saying, oh, I, I get why they're doing that because it is this elevated whatever. Um, in the middle, I think it's a little tougher. Not that you shouldn't try, not that you shouldn't do. But again, I think there's, we need to get ahead of this idea um, by way of our strategies to reduce no-shows. Do we send reminders? You know, what is our process? You know, a client books. I can tell you that um, when I book a doctor's appointment today, um, I get a text message almost before I hang up the phone. I get another text message a couple of weeks later, and I get another text message the day before, each of them giving me the opportunity to opt out and requiring me to opt in if I plan to show. My um, dog um, daycare place, same exact thing. I go in for grooming. I go in for a nail trim. I just, Cody just had a nail trim over the weekend, made my appointment, immediately got a text and an email confirming. I had to respond that I was coming. I got a voicemail reminding me, and then I got a text the morning of the appointment. They use technology to do all of these things, and um, I appreciate them. I appreciate them so much. I don't hear enough of that conversation in the industry. I know some do it, but I don't think enough do. And, um, but I think my, my bigger point here is, you know, are you really taking a look at what the problem is and saying, well, what can we do about it before we become confrontational? To me, um, contracts and agreements and those things to solve a problem are confrontational. doesn't mean you shouldn't do them. You know, lots of things to consider. You know, I'm not anti those things per se, um, but I think you have to really consider that kind of strategy versus others. And ideally, you're doing both. Ideally, first, you look to how can we improve the situation as a business for our clients. Um, and um, yeah, it, it may kind of cut off the no-shows at the pass, if you will, and, and, and maybe you don't have as great a need to be doing other things. And even if you have contracts, even if you have agreements to say what happens, um, I think we need to consider how can we do a better job helping clients to show up when they're supposed to show up, when they've agreed to show up. And I think technology is just such a great place to do that. Um, when we think about the business, I mentioned Dyson. Darned if I can remember uh, the name of the salon owner here in Chicago, um, who you know, kind of in his own mind became a Dyson salon. He's like, I'm going to use as much Dyson uh, equipment in my salon um, as I possibly can because our clients are no noticing it. They think it's really cool. They think the dryer is cool. They think the iron is cool. They think the air purifier, the fans, the, you know, the hand dryers. And you know, I thought that was really a fascinating way of thinking of branding. They do not have an official relationship with Dyson, but they just wanted to stand out. And they have a clientele that's a little bit upscale and who, who really appreciate it. And I think you know, that was fascinating to me. 
I think, again, there's an opportunity in how we adopt tech, how we use tech to goes beyond just the normal efficiencies. You know, the, if you use a Dyson dryer because it works better for you, you're more comfortable with it. You, perhaps you, you feel that it's um, treating the hair better or, or, or drying it more efficient, efficiently. That's great. That helps you get your job done. But the question is, is there anything in that that you can use to position you as a little bit different than somebody else? And those are things you can drop in the conversations. Those could be questions you ask. Anything and everything that we talk about to me in a perfect world does kind of have a dotted line out to its brand, out to your brand. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's really, really fascinating. And again, back to where I started, it is so competitive today. You have to stand out. You absolutely have to stand out. And you know, I've mentioned before the the book um, "Unreasonable Hospitality" by Ogadera. Again, he was at Serious Business. Um, such a great book. Uh, it, it's on audio. The audio book on Spotify as well. I recommend the audio version if you prefer that that way of getting it. But you know, again, he you know he just speaks so powerfully to this idea that that the food in the restaurant, even though they were completely focused on being the best it could possibly be, you know, that there are other great, great restaurants in the world, great, great restaurants in New York City. And it was service, the way they treated clients, the way they created memorable experiences that made them stand out from everybody else. So love it. Have to say the end, that in spite of my love of tech and everything I just said, I do continue to believe and see it proven again and again, that the basics really do work. So I hope you'll take to heart everything that I just said. But as you're doing that, and I hope as you're implementing ideas around how you might use tech to, um, again, positively influence your brand, that you also double down, triple down, quadruple down on utilizing old school word of mouth, encouraging it, um, old school, you know, asking for referrals, old school rebooking. Rebooking is important. It's powerful. And if you're not rebooking, I think you're making a, a fundamental mistake in your business model. Um, doesn't mean you should rebook every single appointment from now till the end of time, but rebooking has been proven time and time again to, to really be foundational in building success. And retail, you know, retail, it absolutely matters. And all of those things with or without tech um, can be a foundation for growing your business, for growing your career. So um, yeah, just do it all. <laughs> all right. I'm out of time. So I'm going to wrap up here. So thank you. If you like what you heard today, I encourage you to visit me over at socialbeautymakers.com. Sign up for my free newsletter for more content. Every Monday, send out links and uh, things I find fascinating in the world. And, uh, thanks to everybody who is opening those. I'm blown away every week when I open my platform and, and look at the open rates. It's, it's insane. So thank you so very much for that. I hope you'll listen also to my Sunday uh, Beautycast Network Mastering Beauty podcast, weekly conversation with brilliant professionals, you know, creating great careers. Uh, love Love, love, love those Sunday podcasts. So I encourage you to go look for those. They are not part of this channel. So you have to search for it on your podcast platform. And again, it's called Mastering Beauty. And lastly, once again, I want to thank you so very much for tuning in. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you listening to me. Um, I am Gord Miller, and I can't wait to share more with you again next time. Mm -hmm.